Well, this morning our lessons, this morning and this evening, will be coming from the book of Psalms. As we think about the book of Psalms, as you know, the book of Psalms reflects David's emotional highs and lows. A lot of times we're just like David. We have emotional highs and lows. You look at David's life and you see there were times that his own brethren despised him. Uh, As king, he was hounded by Saul. And his own son, Absalom, even tried to kill David. And as you think about maybe some of the things that David was experiencing, you may be wondering how could someone go through so much and maintain such focus, such soundness, and such faith. Well, we're going to to see the key to, to David's life and You're going to see it in verse number 4. I want to read beginning at verse 1, read through verse number 4. But pay close attention to verse number 4 because it's key to what we're talking about this morning. In Psalm 27 beginning at verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life of Whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I will be confident." In verse number 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in His temple. As you know, we are looking at a series of lessons focusing on this particular phrase, One thing. And you'll find that phrase as we read in verse number 4. And that particular phrase in this context speaks of David's determination. As I said, how could someone go through such uh, events of life and maintain such focus, strength, and faith? Well, again, verse number 4 speaks of David's determination. This one thing. As we think about this particular phrase this morning from Psalm 27 verse 4, I want to make three observations that really speak of, of David's determination. First of all, David had his priorities right. As you think about what he says again in verse number 4, David had his priorities right. This one thing, he says, have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all of the days of my life. You see, there was one thing that that filled David's innermost thoughts and desires. 
And that was to dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Another verse that really complements this point here in Psalm 24, uh, Psalm 27 verse 4 is Psalm 84 verse number 10. Listen to what he says in Psalm 84 verse number 10. For one day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be the, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Again, one day in thy courts. You see, David longed to be in the house of God. There was no question that there were times that David faced uh, disappointments. David was discouraged. There were times that, that David was disheartened. We know that from the context that we're looking at here in Psalm 27. In fact, if you would, go to the end of Psalm 27 and read with me verse number 13 and 14. David says, I had fainted. King, the new King James, I would have lost heart unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And listen to what he says in verse number 14. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and He will strengthen thy heart. And for emphasis, David says, Wait, I say, on the Lord. You see, through times of hardship, of discouragement, we find that, that, that David waited upon the Lord. What does it mean here to, to wait upon the Lord? In the Hebrew, it, it carries the idea that David, no matter what the circumstances were, would trust in the Lord. And he handed it over to the Lord and, and he would let the Lord work it out in his life. In fact, in Proverbs 3, verse 5, Solomon says that we are to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and we're not to lean upon our own understanding. You see, in times of, uh, of discouragement, uh, in times of, of hardships, many times we do the opposite. Uh, we, we lean upon our, our own understanding. That's not what David did. David learned to, to wait on the Lord. He learned to, to trust in the Lord during hard times. You see, when our priorities are right, like David, no matter what our circumstances are, no matter what we're facing, what we are encountering in this life, we will wait on the Lord. We will trust in the Lord. But when our priorities are, 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 are all out of whack... And when we don't trust in the Lord during times of, of, of hardship, we will wallow in our misery. And what will happen is discouragement will turn into depression. As you know, there are a lot of people that are depressed in this world. They struggle with depression. And they're looking for a way out. The problem is, is most of the world is looking in all of the wrong places. Well, we see David's determination. 
During times of despair again, when he was discouraged, you see his determination. This one thing I'm going to do. This one thing that I seek after, and that is to dwell in the house of the Lord. Again, David had his priorities right. But then when we don't turn to the Lord, when we don't wait on Him, as I said, that discouragement that we're encountering in this life, it will progress to depression. And when people get depressed, they stop functioning as a healthy person. And depression affects people emotionally, physically, spiritually. It's during, again, those times that we need to turn to the Lord. To have the same kind of of determination. As I said, this phrase, one thing, speaks of David's determination to wait on the Lord, to turn to the Lord. And so when things get tough, determine right now, determine today, you know what? I'm not going to run away from God like Jonah did. I'm going to run to God. Knowing from Hebrews 13, verse 5 and 6, that the Lord will never forsake me. Knowing that the Lord will help me as I go through this life. Next time things get tough, like David, have the same determination. You know what? I'm not going to grow weary in well-doing, Galatians chapter 6, 7 through 9. I'm not going to give up. I'm going, as we've been talking about in the book of James, I'm going to endure the trial that comes my way because I'm going to be a stronger person. Friends, next time, next time things get tough, and, and, and believe me, if time continues on, there will be a next time. There will be another trial that, that crosses your path, just like David experienced. Determine to draw near to God, James 4, verse 7 and 8, and God will draw near to you. Again, that's what we see in this passage. That's what we we see in David's life here in verse number 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Notice the second observation from this verse. David goes on to say, number two, to behold the beauty of the Lord. The second observation that that we can make from, from this statement here in Psalm 27, verse number four is this. David sought unbroken fellowship. In other words, David, as you read the first three verses, David didn't allow the circumstances, the trials that he encountered in this life to defeat him. You see, David was a a warrior of heart. As we've been emphasizing, David had this determination that he would draw near to God. And we see here in verse number 4 why he had this determination. Because as he would draw near to God, he would would receive comfort. He would receive strength. We see that he would receive encouragement. 
Again, those are the things that that we find from our God when we turn to Him, when we draw near to Him. David wanted to, to dwell in the house of his God. And he wanted, again, to behold the beauty of the Lord. The point is this. David wanted to be close to God. That's the determination that that we see in this phrase. One thing. David again was determined to be close to God. I've made this this point before. We are as close to God as as we have chosen to be. There there are times in our life where we might might say, "I, I wish I was closer to God. But far too many times we're we're not willing to, to, to make the sacrifices that are necessary in being closer to God. But if we will understand that if we get closer to God, we're going to receive strength, we're going to receive help, we're going to receive encouragement, we're going to be inclined to, to like David, determined like David, to behold the beauty of the Lord. To grow closer and closer to God. But as we stop and think about this point, David again is talking about communing with God. And as you think about communing with God, do we know how God communicates to us today? Because it's so important if we're going to draw near to God, we need to know how He communicates with us so that we can draw near to Him. So many people believe that that God communicates to us uh, in in a small, still voice. God, God's talking to me. Or, or, or I had a dream last night, and God told me this, and God told me that. Well, friends, there's there there there's there's no reason for us to to wonder how God communicates because His Word teaches us how He communicates. There's no question it, it, at one time God did communicate in, in that way uh, through a voice or, or through a dream, but He doesn't communicate like that anymore. How do you know that? From Scripture. In fact, if you would, turn with me to the book of Hebrews. And as we're thinking about this point, hopefully you were thinking about, you know, I bet he's going to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, because that's exactly what we find here, how God communicates to us. Again, communication is important when it comes to to drawing near to God. Listen to what we find here in Hebrews chapter 1. God who at sundry times and in diverse manners simply means God in old times and in different ways spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. The writer is going back to the Old Testament. Think about how God communicated to Moses, how God communicated to the patriarchs, to Abraham. That's not how He communicates to us. That's how He communicated in past times. Look at verse number 2. Hath in these last days, the last days refer to the Christian dispensation, the dispensation that, that we are living in today, the Christian dispensation. How has God communicated to us? 
under the Christian dispensation. Again, verse number 2, He has spoken unto us by His Son, whom He hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also He made the worlds. How does He communicate? Through His Son. By the way, that would also include His delegated uh, apostles who would be guided into all truth. John 16, verse number 13. Friends, God communicates through His Word. If we're going to be close to God, we have to be close to His Word. We have to be ready to to hear His Word. I love the attitude that, that we see in Cornelius in Acts chapter 10, verse number 33. You remember what Cornelius said to Peter? We are here before God to hear all things that are commanded of Him. To hear all things that come from God. Does that describe our attitude this morning? Or are we painfully enduring this? Oh, I hope we're like Cornelius. I hope we're ready to to hear God's Word. Oh, this can be a challenge at times. Think about Hebrews chapter 5. Going back to the book of Hebrews, God communicates through His Son, through divine revelation, through the delegated apostles. You remember what the Hebrew writer says to those Christians in Hebrews 5, verse number 11, You are dull of hearing. I hope that doesn't describe me. I hope that doesn't describe you. I hope we are not dull of hearing. I hope we are ready to hear God. Ready to hear His Word. Ready to read His Word. Like the Bereans. They searched the Scriptures to see if what was being preached was so. Acts 17 verse number 11. Again, this is key to being close to God. We have to know how God communicates. He communicates through His Word. We have to first hear His Word if we're going to heed His Word, obey His Word. We have to hear what He says. And I love, this again, this attitude that, that we see in David. He wanted to behold the beauty of the Lord. He wanted to be close to the Lord. But this is something we also see in the book of Proverbs. Listen to what Solomon says in Proverbs 8, verse number 31. Proverbs, excuse me, 8, verse number 34. Blessed is the man. Happy is the man. You see, there are beatitudes, even the book of Proverbs, and this is one of them. Happy is the man, God says, that heareth me, watching at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. Here here is an individual that that eagerly wants to hear Jehovah. And again, that should describe our attitude if we expect to have fellowship with God. Again, God communicates through His Son. And because of what Jesus accomplished on the cross, As Brother Sam mentioned in his prayer, because of our Lord's teaching, we can be close to God. We can have fellowship with God. You remember the Apostle John uses that terminology that our fellowship, 
Our communion is with the Father and with the Son. And because of the blood of Jesus, we can walk together with God. Can two walk together? Old Testament principle that we find in the book of Amos chapter 3, verse 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? Well, listen, because of Jesus, because of His sacrifice, because of His teaching, we can be in agreement with God. We can walk with God. We can be close to God. But are we willing to make the sacrifices to draw near to God? Again, Psalm 27, verse number 4, can help us have that determination like David. This one thing. This one thing David was seeking after. And that was, again, to draw close to God. And when we draw close to God, as we said before, we will find encouragement. We will find help. We will find strength. Go back, if you would, to Psalm 27, verse 4. And and notice this, this third observation that that we see from the text again he says in verse 4 one thing have i desired of the lord that will i seek after that i may dwell in the house of the lord all of the days of my life as we said david had his priorities right to behold number two the beauty of the lord david sought a close relationship with the lord and then notice this third observation at the end of verse 4 and to inquire in His temple. The third observation is this. David delighted in the beauty of worship. He longed to worship his God. If you want a verse to to put down to to inquire in His temple at the end of verse 4, write down Psalm 122 verse 1. David said, I was glad. When they said, let us go unto the house of the Lord. David was was so excited about being in the Lord's presence. Being in His house. He was so excited to to, to worship His God. He, He longed to worship. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you uh, to, to read these passages with me. And, and these passages will all come from the book of Psalms. And they all speak about the attitude of worship. The attitude of, of worship. And it won't take us very long uh, to read these verses. Look at Psalm 92, verse 1. Psalm 92, verse 1. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. And to sing praises unto thy name. Friends, it is a, it's a good thing to be here this morning. Today we, we get to not play baseball. Baseball players would say that. Today we get to worship our Lord. This really should be the, the focus of our life. The, the highlight of, of our week. We should be anticipating these these times we have to to be together, to sing praises, to approach the throne of His grace, uh, to to commune with our Lord, to be able to sing, to be able to, to hear His Word. Again, it is a good thing to be here. This is the one thing David desired. 
to worship the Lord. Look, if you would, at Psalm 95. Uh, Psalm 95. And, and I'm going to read a few more verses here from Psalm 95. Oh, come. Psalm 95, beginning at verse 1. Oh, come. Let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great King above all gods. In His hand are are deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is His also. The sea is His, and, and He made it, and in His hands formed, uh, and, and His hands formed the dry land. Look at verse six. Oh, come, let us worship, let us bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Do you realize that as we worship God, we are worshiping our Creator, the One who spoke this earth into existence. The One who, who created us in His own image. The One who has all power, all authority. You see, when we worship God, we are coming in His presence. You think about the assembly, the coming together, the church, the ecclesia, literally, the coming together in one place. We gather here, you see, to go there. Our minds are there where our God is as we worship, as we engage in the acts of worship that God has given us in the New Testament. There is a reason why we do what we do. You see, we want our worship to be in spirit and in truth according to God's Word. And so, When we turn to God's Word, God's Word, specifically the New Testament that we're under, it legislates, it it teaches us how to worship God. Does it matter how we worship God? Yes, it does. Jesus said, they that worship the Father must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Truth, according to to God's Word. Jesus said in John 17, verse 17, Thy Word is truth. So when we worship in spirit and in truth, we learn from Psalm 95 that we're in the very presence of God. In the very presence of our God. And I think that's such a a beautiful thing to think about. When we worship God. The, the Greek word for worship is, is the word proskuneo. And it literally means to, to kiss toward God. And so when we engage in the acts of worship, when we sing, when we pray, when we commune, when we open God's Word, when we give of our means, we are kissing toward God. Literally, we are drawing near that God, don't you love verse 6? Oh, come, let us worship. This, again, was the one thing that David desired as he went through this life. He had this determination before him, even in the midst of trials. I am going to worship the Lord. You know what I'm saying about David uh, could also be said about Job. 
Uh, we talked about Job this morning and we see everything that, that Job experienced. But, but Job, even in the midst of hardship, had the determination to worship his God. In, in other words, we can make this point from Job's life. He worshiped God without explanation. He didn't know why everything was happening to him. He couldn't put his finger on it. But one thing that he did like David, he continued to worship God. And that's what we need to do as we go through this life. We need to have this same determination. As long as I'm on this earth, I am going to worship my God. David delighted in the beauty of worship. Look at one more passage, if you would. Psalm 100. Uh, let's just read these five verses and, and then we'll begin to wrap this lesson up. Psalm 100. Again, there are many more passages that, that you can read uh, in the book of Psalms that, that remind you uh, of the privilege that we have to worship our God. And brothers and sisters, this is a privilege to be able to be here this morning to be able to engage in these, these acts of worship, kissing toward our God, drawing near to God, and God drawing near to us, thus having communion with God. A privilege. And here in Psalm 100, we read about that privilege. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye the Lord; it is He that hath made us, and we, uh, and, and He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. Look at verse four. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him. Bless His name, for the Lord is good; His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth to all generations. True worship gets heaven's attention. God, in fact, from John 4, verse 23 and 24, is seeking true worship. Let's give God what He is seeking. And when we give God what He is seeking, our worship will not be in vain. It won't be meaningless. Our worship will have great, great value. Again, let me encourage you. Next time you find yourself struggling in this life, and you will, I will, let me encourage you to come and worship God, to kiss toward God. Let me encourage you that as you go through this life that you're going to have the same determination that David had in Psalm 27, verse 4. This one thing which intensifies this desire, this determination that David had in this life. Because when we struggle, when we encounter trials, those things can become a distraction. And those are the things that, that if we're not careful, can cause us to, to take our focus off of God. Don't take your focus off of God. Put your focus. Have again that determination. As long as I'm here on this earth, I am going to worship God. I'm going to kiss toward God. I am going to draw near to God. I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to open my ears to His Word. And listen, when we understand that, 
When we see the application of the determination that David had, listen, when we come before our God, we will receive things. Again, we will receive strength. We will receive encouragement. We will receive renewal. You remember what the New Testament says about the outward man? The outward man is perishing, but the inward man can be renewed day by day only if we have this determination. One thing I have desired. I hope the Lord is a priority in our life. I hope all of us this morning are are thinking about our own lives in His service. Are we putting Him first? Are we like David? Do we have this same determination to seek the Lord? To be closer to God? Again, as I said, there are times that we say we want to be closer. But are we willing to make the sacrifices? I hope this morning after this lesson that we will all want to make the sacrifices of getting closer and closer to our God. And when we do that, we will find that that spiritual renewal that encourages us to keep running the Christian race. The lesson is yours. It might be this morning that you never obeyed the Gospel. 